four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. I'm not sure if many of you were on the tee today. Uh, it was very, very cold, very, very windy out there. All right, we're, we're having some issues here with Steven's microphone. We'll make sure we get him up. Nope. <laughs> you, keep, you keep turning on this microphone, Max. We just His mic just needs to be turned up on your board, I think. This is the first time we've done this show inside the new studio, so we're trying to even figure out where... Both of us are going to sit, all that, whole nine yards. I mean, your microphone is on. I see the on button. Yeah, the little red light is on. Just turn up all the microphones. You'll eventually find the right one. I got to imagine. Uh, Anyway, I can't imagine too many people were actually out there playing golf today. I know the WPGA had an event today. Um, I was talking with my buddy Mike Meisen over the weekend. And, whoo boy, high of 45, windy today. But don't fear. 64 degrees on Friday. 64 degrees on Saturday. 68 degrees on Sunday. Still, we should have an absolutely beautiful weekend for golf, uh, so still plenty of time to get out there and play. And we were fortunate enough, Stephen, that we were able to get out and play um, this past weekend. We got out to play at Aaron Hills, and, and there's going to be kind of a theme to today's show because of the person we were honoring Saturday at Aaron Hills. It's a special place, and uh, Rich Tock, who's going to be joining us shortly on the tee, is, is a special guy and a Wisconsin golf icon. And uh, it, it felt a little bit like winter out there on Saturday, playing Aaron Hills. I mean, that, that front nine, we teed off about 45 degrees with a three-club wind, and it'll make your hands rattle a little bit. I'm just I, making excuses for my score. So I I have like these winter-ish gloves from FootJoy, and they're like regular gloves, but like the, the front of them, like the back is, is a little more padded, yeah. a little more warmth, and the front of them are kind of almost... It's not quite like a rain glove, but it's definitely golf glove-ish. So I, I warmed up on the range with that. It took me a second to get used to it, and then I got on the course and just used one glove. Yeah, you're a way better man than me. I, I waited until my tee time to walk out there. It was too cold. Well, I mean, I, I had to try out these gloves, Stephen. I guess. You know, you had to get out there. I had one of those, like, cool Aaron Rodgers, uh, am I allowed to say his name right now in Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, oh, you okay. can still say his name. Okay. Um, I don't know I if had, you want to say anything I, good about him after. But I had one of those uh, those like pocket hand warmers that go like right in in your gut. Yeah, and I kind of felt like a quarterback. It was it was a cool feeling. Okay, so you had that. So it's more or less. I mean, everybody's seen that. If you've watched an NFL game, I mean, quarterbacks have had them forever. Did you kind of flip it to your backside while you swung, and then you swung it back around to the front side when you started to walk? Correct. Okay. Uh, driver, I and irons, long irons, like where I was hitting a pretty aggressive swing. I, I had it on my back. Um, when I putted, I had it just sure up hanging there. out there. Um, after a couple of holes, I took it off entirely because I was blaming my game on it. I was just looking for reasons <laughs> to wow. To, uh, Man, you were. I mean, I can't imagine you were like you. You told me about it. We did not play together. Yeah, but 
You, you, so you're just looking to blame anything and everything. Yeah, the first four holes at Aaron Hills uh, really kind of kick you between the legs. And when you play them into a wind, sure. like we, we got two, three, four. And two is, of course, a very short hole at Aaron Hills. But when you're trying to hit a, a wedge up into the air into wind, and you don't hit that green at number two at Aaron Hills, you're in a lot of trouble. And I did not hit that green. No, and then just, three you, and four played like par fives and par You just put up the hill and then you make sixes. that putt and you make par. So, yeah, it's just so easy. Yeah. Why, everybody should do it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I did. Tough conditions. It was, but, but, but it was a but great the hand, day. the hand warmers were were very key, and I can't wait to use them in fall golf moving forward. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. If you have any suggestions, I guess for uh, for for late fall golf and, and tricks to kind of stay warm, I saw plenty of hand warmers in my group. But again, those gloves kind of worked out for me. And I'm a vest guy, so I've got the pockets in the vest, so you can always just kind of put the pocket. You know, you got the hand warmers in there, so you can keep the hands warm when you're walking and doing that. But I want to explain first before we get to our guest of Rich Talk, just exactly who Rich is, um, because, I mean, he is somebody that's been in Wisconsin golf for over 50 years. Like, he moved up here to work at Milwaukee Country Club. Like, that was his first gig, was Milwaukee Country Club 50 years ago. And just think about how much Wisconsin golf has really changed in the last 20 years. Yeah. The perspective that Rick, Rich has over the last 50 years of golf, I mean, when he started here, there's no Aaron Hills, there was no Kohler, Sand Valley, any of that. Like, that just didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. Uh, so, for him to provide the perspective that he does, and look, we, we talked to him earlier today. He's traveling. Um, so, it's, it's a pre-recorded interview we've got coming up here in a couple of minutes. And there are so many things I wanted to talk to him today, but we didn't get to. Like, he started at Aaron Hills in 2009 after Andy Ziegler took over. Yeah. And I don't know if you know, if you remember the, I think it was seven part series that Gary D'Amato put out in the Journal Sentinel when we had the Open here back in 2017. But that was a pretty tumultuous time for Aaron Hills trying to hold on desperately to having the U.S. Open here. And Rich was one of the people that helped get Aaron Hills to the incredibly successful business that it is today. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. So this is somebody, and this is a guy who has had just about every job you can imagine and has had so much success in the world of Wisconsin golf. And I think he's very well known within the golf community, but he's also somebody that I think has really fostered um the game and made a lot of people love the game because of the different ways they've been able to interact with him, whether it's in a pro shop or on the range or even playing around with him. Yeah. Rich talk has an infectious personality about him. He is a wee guy and he likes to surround himself with a lot of people that make him happy. And he's one of the happiest guys you'll find in any single room. If you get to know rich at all, he is about stories. He's about laughter and it was pretty special, Gabe, when we were at Aaron Hills this weekend to celebrate his 50 years in golf and him retiring after the season, kind of just looking around the room at all the different types of people that were in that room, especially here in the Wisconsin golf scene, because some of the biggest names in Wisconsin golf were in that room. People from Kohler, people from Lake Geneva, people from Sand Valley. I mean, it was, it was really cool to see how these courses and these types of People support each other here in this state as this game continues to grow at an unbelievable rate in Wisconsin. And it was a true testament to Rich Talk to look around and see not just media members, but family and friends and um, people that have watched him and his love for golf evolve and continue. And and if you listen to Rich Talk talk, you can tell his golf is not done anytime soon. <laughs> He's just I think Aaron Hills is probably just like, all right, 
Go enjoy yourself a little. Stop working so much. He planned his own party at Aaron Hills this weekend. And it was like, there were so many people out there and he organized tea times and we had three meals out there for some reason. Like they, and again, I'm not going to complain because Aaron Hills has good food on top of the great golf. Um, but there was just, you know, there's some coffee, some pastries. If you wanted breakfast before you went out, there was a lunch buffet after, after the, the little ceremony we had for rich, there was dinner buffet. So you could have been out there for all three meals if you wanted to yeah. uh, on Saturday. And I just think it's really cool to be able to have this conversation that we had with Rich uh, that we're going to play back for you here shortly. Because last week we looked at one of the titans of Wisconsin golf in Herb Kohler. And we had our tribute show up at Destination Kohler. And I think that's really golf on a big macro level in the state of Wisconsin. That's golf on the, okay, we're being recognized worldwide yeah. type of a way and, and all the other things that came with building Black Wolf Run and the other course at Black Wolf Run and then Whistling Straits and the Irish and all these things that, that and having the PGAs and the, the Women's U.S. Open and the Men's Senior Open and the Ryder Cup all came with it. I mean, obviously after that, Aaron Hills and Sand Valley, all those things follow. But I think being able to talk with Rich and celebrating him, and this is golf more on the micro level, and granted, Rick's, Rich's career over 50 years has kind of graduated to probably a little bit of more of a macro level yeah. because he's touched and, and been to so many places. But it's people like Rich that continue to foster the game and have people get into the game that we love and get to celebrate every Monday night at 6. It's something that allows you to reflect on your own journey and why you're so passionate about the game of golf. When you see somebody that is just ear-to-ear, like, Gabe, thinking about, he did this for 50 years. And that was just working. That's beyond just the passion yeah. of the game. 50 years in one thing is incredible. And something that we're both passionate about as a game, and we get to talk about it on a radio show, but he did every single job inside of any single place that he worked at. And it goes to show just like how important it is to have that perspective and reflect on what, what makes this game so special are not just the memories that you might have on a golf course, but the people you share it with. And I think Rich Talk is a great example of that. On the T's opening segment brought to you by Heartland Movement Center. Improve your game with a personalized approach from their experienced team. You want to talk about people that have passion for the game, people at Heartland Movement Center. And days like today remind you that winter is coming. You want to have a plan for what you're doing this offseason. You want to have a plan to find a way to get better this offseason. And Heartland Movement Center has that plan for you. Learn more at heartlandmovementcenter.com. We hear from the man who has spent 50 years in the golf industry and is celebrating his retirement. Rich Tuck is next on the team. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. You heard us just hype it up. We're going to be talking with Rich Talk. You may know him from Milwaukee Country Club, maybe Ozaki Country Club, or maybe since he's been out at Aaron Hill since 2009. But he's celebrating 50 years in the golf business. We had a top opportunity to catch up with Rich Talk, and it's our feature today in It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? 
That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. And joining us now on the line, we just celebrate him out at Aaron Hills. Uh, 50 years in the golf industry. He's been out as Ozaki. He's been a part of that Aaron Hills team for a number of years now. He is the retiring Rich Talk. Rich, thank you so much for taking some time and uh, reflecting on your career in golf with us. No, thanks, Gabe. I uh, look forward to the conversation, and Stephen should be good. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and start at the beginning. What made you so interested in golf that you wanted it to be your career? Well, that's a good question. When I was a young man at ten or eleven or twelve years old, I started caddying for my dad, and after we played, I'd go to the putting green and putt by myself for hours we didn't have a range there was only a nine hole golf course in Dwight Illinois about an hour south of Chicago and uh, I, I liked the sport I played all sports football baseball basketball tennis darts ping pong but somehow I, I got attached to golf and fell in love with it and so I just kept playing and I started a high school golf team when I was a freshman with the football coach because that was a fall sport and golf was spring. So he said, well, Rich, I'll drive you to all the meets, but you have to arrange them. So I started calling these coaches at different towns. And I was 14 years old and I would arrange all these golf meets. <laughs> and then I drummed up uh, a few players to play in the golf. I can remember uh, our team wasn't very good. I think there was two of us that could play. One guy, uh, one match, he shot 76 but that was for nine holes. He lost 13 balls and had to borrow a ball for his opponent on the ninth hole. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was our team. And so it, uh, so obviously we didn't win much. But over the four years that I was in high school, I went to the state championship and then got a full scholarship to Southern Illinois University, played for the Salukis. And the day after I graduated from college, one of my teammates called me and said, Rich, you want to come to Springfield? be an assistant pro at Old Crest Country Club. And I said, uh, yeah, what do they do? And so, um, <laughs> and he, so he kind of explained the whole deal. I really kind of wanted to go back and work at the golf course, which I did uh, for like 12 years, mowing greens, ten and bar. I mean, I was ten and bar when I was 12 years old. There was no laws back then. And, uh, and I would mow fairways and greens and all that kind of stuff. But then I thought, geez, I'd really like to play the tour, but I didn't have any money. And so when he offered me this job to be an assistant, I said, okay, I'll do that. And that's kind of where it started. And then I moved to Milwaukee Country Club uh, the following year to work for Manuel De La Torre. One of my teammates was the assistant pro there, Harvey Ott. And he said, Rich, we have an opening. Would you like to come up? I said, well, yeah, let me check it out. Well, obviously after I checked it out, it was pretty impressive. And that was the kind of the beginning of my golf career. Rich, is there a job that you have not done in the golf world that you wish you would have at this point? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I attended bar. I was in, I was a chef in the kitchen. Uh, obviously I've worked on the golf course 
that for many years with you know fertilizing, mowing fairways rough, uh, greens, changing the cups, putting sprinklers out, all that kind of stuff. And then when I got into the business, the real business, uh, did a lot of teaching, merchandising, uh, organizing events, do trips with members. I was on the board of directors of the Wisconsin PGA for nine years. Became president of the Wisconsin PGA. Uh, I'm still involved a little bit as past president. Still enjoy kind of staying involved and, and helping people uh, just make the job better, whatever that job might be. But, you know, I work with the Evans Scholar Program. Um, it, it goes on and on. And, you know, these kids that are caddies at these country clubs, uh, they have an opportunity to get a full scholarship uh, to um, some of these Big Ten schools, and now they're expanding into uh, the West Coast, the East Coast. It's a wonderful program that started with Chick Evans down in Chicago, Illinois, back in, geez, I think, the 50s. And so so I still stay involved with that. And in fact, I'll probably get more involved with it now that I'm retired and, and try to uh, promote some of these young kids. But, no, there's not a job that I haven't done. Uh, when I went to Aaron Hills, I became, I guess, a little bit of everything. Uh, general manager. I was president. I was director of golf. I was director of operations. And now I'm PJ ambassador for Aaron Hills and will probably continue to be an ambassador for Aaron Hills and for the game of golf, uh, obviously throughout the state of Wisconsin, but you know, around the country, it's such a great sport. I mean, Gabe, you were out there uh, Saturday and uh, played in that great 48 degree weather and wind. But uh, I don't know why I, I fell in love with golf. It could have been basketball. It could have been. But um, it was one of those things. I love competition. So any sport, uh, I, I like to compete. So I guess that's part of it because it's an individual sport. It's, um, you know, a team sport's a little different. But golf was uh, the harder you work, the luckier you got. And I enjoyed doing that. So you're the one who said it. So this is how I'll, I'll, this will be your title, at least in my in my mind from now on. The ambassador of Aaron Hills, Rich Talk, joining us here on the T Gabe Nights with Stephen Watson. Um, here's his resume, by the way, Stephen. Um, so Rich was inducted into the Wisconsin Golf Hall of Fame in 2019. He mentioned he's the past president of the Wisconsin uh, section of the PGA. He's the two-time professional of the year, former teacher of the year, merchandiser of the year, six-time senior player of the year, senior player of the decade. He's also won a Horton Smith Award and a Bill Strasberg Award. Um, so that's a lot of things in the world of golf. And Stephen just asked you if there wasn't if there was something you hadn't done in the world of golf. So with all the things that you've done from Milwaukee Country Club all the way up to now uh, with Aaron Hills and where you've been for the last handful of years, what's the favorite thing that you've done? What's your favorite of the jobs in the hats that you've worn in your 50 years in the golf industry? You know, someone asked me that on Saturday, and I said, well, let me see. I, I had to think about it. I think my number one was playing in the uh, United States Senior Open at Kays Valley. Qualified for that up at the bog and, and played in that uh, practice round. I played with Gary Player, uh, Ray Floyd, and uh, see, there's a couple others, Larry Nelson and Jim Thorpe, who is a beauty. Uh, he's a character. I had my 16-year-old daughter caddy for me. Uh, my wife, Barb, uh, was at the event. My mom and dad came to the event. My dad, my mom and dad followed me in probably 35 state opens. They would come up. He retired early, and 
and so they loved to come up. In fact, uh, because we didn't have a range, as I mentioned earlier, um, he would he would shag balls for me. So I would I would stag, you know hunt balls out of the pond or the creek at my little nine old golf course, and that was my range balls. But I would hit seven irons out there, and he'd take a baseball mitt and just catch them, one bounce, and catch them. Uh, and that's kind of how I would practice, and that was fun to do. But he caddied for me in some of the tournaments I played during the summer, and then he followed my career. And he was at the Senior Open with one of those little uh, the little carts that the USJ provides that uh, goes around the golf course. Uh, so that was probably number one. Uh, boy, number two, um, just playing some of the great golf courses in the country. Uh, course record at Milwaukee Country Club, 64, still holds. That was like 45 years ago. And um, but I love teaching. I did a lot of a lot of teaching. I loved organizing. Probably the most important would be uh, making everybody else have fun and enjoy. How's that? I like that. I mean, um, we say all the time, golf's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I, I was hoping that you would say twelve-year-old bartender was your favorite gig, uh, <laughs> Rich, but but um, last, we'll, we'll move on Steve, from there. That figures. I knew you'd think of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to come back to Aaron Hills and be a bartender there and serve me a fescue rescue, I'll take it all day from you, Rich Talk. Appreciate oh, geez. it. Jeez, we sold a we had a lot of fescue rescues on on Saturday. Yeah, we we had a good our, time. Uh, that was that, that yeah, was the only signature uh, drink. retirement party that somebody uh, planned, and that was you. You re- you planned your own party at Aaron Hills. It was quite a bash on Saturday. Oh, I did. Uh, I probably spent 50, 60 hours doing spreadsheets and sending out emails, and I'd forget <laughs> people. And Barb would say, "Hey, did you invite this guy?" Oh, geez, no. I've, but and and so I, uh, I didn't. It came up kind of quickly, and then I was leaving town for four days to play in a Folds of Honor charity pro am. And uh, so I just kind of, as I thought of people, I put it down and wrote it down. And instead of being organized and inviting, you know, all the Ozaki members and all the Milwaukee members and then all the media and then all the golf pros and all this and that. Um, so so I did miss a few. And uh, I apologize if uh, someone's listening and you didn't get invited. But I think a lot of people knew about it. and A lot more know about it now because of the social media and the Facebooks and Twitter and all that kind of stuff's out there. But um about a year and a half ago, I thought I would retire during COVID. They didn't want us to come into the office. And so we went to California, and we spent a couple months there and playing golf and practicing. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe uh, I'll go back for one more year. And that would have been my 49th year. And in that summer, I thought, oh, you know what? I got to work one more year, just get to 50 years, because I still enjoyed it. I, I loved getting up going to work. And so that's what I planned. I told Andy Ziegler, our owner, who hired me back in 2009, I think like two days after he purchased Aaron Hills. Um, and I was originally supposed to work through the U.S. Open, which would have been eight years. And after that, he said, you know, uh, Richie, as long as I own the place, you still have a job. I thought, oh, okay, maybe I'll work another year. And then it was another year, and pretty soon it was like, 49 years, and I say, okay, 50 years, here it is. I'm going 50 years, have some fun. And I'm sure I'll continue to promote Aaron Hills, Kohler, Sand Valley, Geneva National, Lasonia, Lacobel. I mean, we are blessed in the state of Wisconsin for golf courses. There's no arguing that. Yeah, and I imagine that's got to be pretty fun for you to have witnessed from the beginning here in the state of Wisconsin. Rich, 
you've given this game so much. What has golf given you? Enjoyment. Lots of enjoyment. A lot of competition. Um, great employment. Uh, great friends. That's probably number one. Great friends. Oh, my Lord, I've met thousands of people over the years. And that's it's just crazy. Uh, most professions don't have that opportunity. You know, and I stay in touch with a lot of these people. I, I mean, people will come in there and Hills, and they'll say, "Is uh, is Rich Stock here?" Yeah, he's. I think he's in his office. And they'll pop their head in and, "Hey, Rich, uh, Chuck Mazzola, uh, I played with you in the State Open back in you know 1982." Hey, Chuck, nice to see you. Yeah, how you been? Haven't seen you in 35 years. So that's the enjoyment. I mean, how can that not be happy and fun to do? So, but that'd probably be number one. You know, Steve, you and, and Gabe and, and Homer and, and I mean, so many guys that just love the game of golf. We've had some great laughs and great friendships, and I hope to continue those for another 20 years. You, you kind of touched on it a second ago as we talked with Rich Talk, retiring 50 years into the golf business, although he said he's going to continue to be an ambassador for Aaron Hills. And you kind of touched on all the different courses um, that we're blessed with here in the state of Wisconsin. Can you just kind of give us some perspective on what golf was like when you originally came to Wisconsin at Milwaukee Country Club and then what it grew into over the course of those next 45 to 50 years? Well, I'll tell you, when I came to Milwaukee Country Club, I was pretty raw. I mean, I didn't have uh, really any golf clothes because, you know, when you're growing up in college, you wear uh, Levi's, it was called. It's kind of a like a core blue jean. And uh, I barely had a pair of shoes. In fact, my first year as an assistant pro, I had to sell my clubs to pay my rent because I didn't, I ran out of money and didn't grow up with um, parents that could support me. And so when I came to Milwaukee, here I am working at one of the great clubs in the state and the country. Uh, that was, that was pretty special. And we got to play every night. Unless someone gave us Brewer tickets, we played golf at 6:31 every night, every single night, seven dates a week, uh, and and we just kind of fell in love with the game. And then you know you start teaching the game, and, and teaching juniors was a lot of fun. Seeing these little kids get excited about hitting the ball in the air, 20 yards, 30 yards, uh, and it's continued over all those years, Gabe and and, uh, and Steve. And I don't think that'll change as long as my health stays good. Um, you know, I'll continue to help people uh, get better at the game. Yeah, exactly. Rich, it's a question I like to ask a lot of the guests that we have here on the tee. And for somebody that has played with so many people, professionals, you know, some of the best that have played here in the state of Wisconsin, family, friends, whatever it may be, I want you to build your dream foursome for us. If you could pick three others to play golf with, who would they be? Wow, that's a pretty tough question. Probably Arnold Palmer. I grew up watching Arnie play the game. I had dinner, sat next to Arnie when they opened the bog. They had a private dinner that night. That was a pretty special evening. Um, I always enjoyed playing with my dad. And now my daughter has started playing again. So I enjoy playing with her. She played in the state championship one year when she went to school at Homestead. Um you know, if you go into a like a celebrity type thing, um, boy, the list could go on forever because a lot of people 
you know, do play the game of golf, uh, especially the celebrities. Um, but those would probably be my number three, my dad, my daughter. I love playing with my wife. We play a lot of golf together um, out in California at Ozaki Country Club. Um, and I, and it's, it's a time when I kind of work and practice on my game because I'm not really competing against her because she wouldn't pay me anyhow if I won. So it doesn't really matter, right? But um, but how do you not want – and Tiger Woods, I guess I'd love to play with Tiger. Between Arnie and Tiger, I mean, they changed the game in different ways throughout the, in the last 50, 60 years to where the game is today. And um, there's a lot of people that play because of those two people, just those two in the whole world. It's kind of crazy when you think of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Rich, have you ever shot your age? I did. I shot my first time 67 at Ozaki. It's the 4th of July. <laughs> and then I and then I shot it again um 68 at Ozaki and then 69 at Ozaki and also at Sand Hills in Nebraska, which was a pretty Ooh. special round. Wow. Um and and then I've done it 70, 71. 72, I almost had a chance shooting 72 last week, actually. I was one under par of the front nine, and I made a double bogey on like 14 or something, and bogey 17, and I missed it by two because um, I'm 72 today. Um, that would have been pretty special. So I, so let me see, uh, Sand Hills, Ozaki. Uh, there was another course I shot my age in. I can't remember it. I, yeah, you've I done could. it so many times, you just can't keep track of them all, right? I was, I was thinking maybe one well, time I, you did it, <laughs> and you just rattled off about 15 other times that you've done it. <laughs> I'd like, I want to continue. I, I still like practice. I still think I can uh, shoot it. Um, but, you know, you have to just make all the putts, and I'm still putting pretty well. I drive it pretty straight, so we'll see. Um, I, I know at PJ West out the Palmer course where David Duvall shot 59 um, in the Bob Hope, the last round, he eagled 18 and won the tournament. Uh, I had a chance to shoot my age there at 71, I think it was. And I thought I only had to three putt the last hole and I, I missed it. I forgot I bogeyed the 10th hole. And, and uh, so I did, I three putted, added them up and it was 72. So I missed oh. it by a stroke, like a knucklehead. <laughs> Cause I could have two putted. It wasn't that tough. I was just being a little conservative um, and not trying to four putt. But I was, but I added up wrong. I mean, some things you just do in life are stupid, and that oh. was one of them. And it happens to, uh, far too often to the rest of us on the golf course, certainly, Rich. We certainly appreciate the time, Rich. Congratulations on 50 years in, in golf. I hope you enjoy your much-deserved vacation that you're on right now, and I can't wait to uh, get another round of golf with you once you get back here to the oh. fine state of Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. We'll be playing out at, uh, at Aaron Hills again. You know, every year, the springtime, I like to have Garbedian, Homer, and Gary DeMotto, we're the first group off the very first day we open. And so now I'm going to have to add you two guys to my list, and we'll have a couple rounds out at Aaron Hills. If uh, we can arrange the scheduling, that would be great. Uh, we, we I would... appreciate uh, Thanks again, you guys, for showing up on Saturday and all the friendship you've provided over the years and uh, everybody's interest you know, in sports and listening to the different thoughts and the call-in. It's been great. I love listening to you guys. Appreciate the call. Thanks for uh, today. Yep. Talk to you soon.
That is Rich Talk. Uh, again, 50 years in golf. Maybe you knew him when he was at Milwaukee Country Club. Maybe you knew him when he was at Ozaki. Maybe you've known him since he's been out at Aaron Hills since 2009, as he mentioned. And there's so many other golf stories I wanted to get to with him uh, because he was out there in 2009 when Andy Ziegler bought the place. Uh, you know, Two days later, Andy told a story um, in a video that was played at Rich retire- Rich's retirement party on Saturday about how he hired Rich right away. And I'm, I'm curious to know what Rich's role was in helping that course mature to get to the point where it hosted that U.S. Open back in 2017. But that'll be for another time. Plenty of stories with Rich Talk. Again, that'll happen when you've been in the golf industry for 50 years. We're going to continue to talk about teachers and what people, how people got into the game. We're going to do that coming up next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Speaking of Fairways of Woodside, golf weather, we're going to have some good stuff coming up this weekend, even though it is halfway through October. you still got time to get out to Fairways of Woodside. Go to their website, fairwaysofwoodside.com. You can experience their great hospitality and golf course that they have. And with the winter weather just around the corner, you can be thinking about their uh, wintertime indoor simulators as well. You can book time at fairwaysofwoodside.com. Game night, Stephen Watson on the tee. Just got done talking. Our lengthy conversation with Rich Talk celebrating 50 years in the golf business here in the state of Wisconsin. First job was at Milwaukee Country Club. Uh, and his last, I guess, official job before retirement is with Aaron Hills. Yeah, he found some pretty good courses to work <laughs> on. Uh, if you happen to miss that conversation, it was fantastic. Just catch it uh, on demand at wisconsinondemand.com. But it got me thinking, Stephen, 50 years is a long time in any industry, and you have to have passion. And, yeah. and Rich clearly has passion for the game. And we're here in our second season of On the Tee. It's wrapping up. But what got you into the game? Was there anybody who got you into the game or keeps you in the game? My grandfather is the guy who got me into golf. Um, he's also the guy who got my dad into golf and my mom into golf. And that's the natural foursome we had for a long time as my mom picked up the game when she was about 50 years old. Um, but I have a lot of amazing memories. He unfortunately passed away my senior year of college, but we we had a lot of amazing memories on the golf course together, uh, just the two of us. Um, he would take me in the golf cart uh, when I was probably 10 years old, maybe even younger, and he was a good player, and he would teach me a lot about putting, about life, and, and those are the types of things that I think about when I think about what this game has given me. Um, it's, it's something that I started with him and that just extra special time that you get, there's nothing like that four hours you get with somebody on a golf course to really get to know them. And that was definitely the relationship I had with my grandfather. And it started there and has now blossomed into, um, the special time I have with my parents on the golf course, because we're all so passionate about the game. We just love it. We vacation to spots because of it. And it was really, um, my grandfather, who set that up for all of us, and we're all in love with the game now because of him. I have very similar experience with my grandfather. I, I wish the one thing I wish. So I play the, most of the golf that I got to play with my grandfather because he didn't live in the state of Wisconsin. And when I was in grade school, he, him, and, and my grandma retired. They went down to this golf community in Northwest Arkansas, 
Bella Vista Village. And we would always go down there and visit, and I got to play with him a few times there. But the influence that he had with my uncle and my mom and getting to play with them, my uncle played paid for a junior membership at the local golf course in Horicon each and every year because of, again, I think what my grandfather started. And because then I played baseball in high school and college. Yeah. I got a great, uh, and I ended up having a great um, connection with my grandfather because of that as well. Because he actually threw in a semi-professional tournament, the first no-hitter in County Stadium. Um, That's a story. so yeah, had had a pretty good you know baseball bond there. I, I just wish during those years I didn't play as much golf because mm-hmm. I was playing baseball, and and that took up the majority of my time in the summer. So I didn't get to play as much golf with him. I just wish, um, much like you, my grandfather passed away when I was uh, I was a junior in college when when mine passed away. I just wish because right after college I started playing a lot more golf, like I did when I was younger. Yeah. Um, cause I had more time. I wasn't playing baseball anymore, but, um, the love that he had for the game and then passing it down. I think that's the, 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 the part that makes this so powerful in terms of a lot of people, um, really yeah. connecting with their family members through this game. And I think, um, you know, we just heard from Rich Talk, who has an unbelievable passion for the game. And, and one of the things that I take away from Rich's passion is just how he's able to share it with so many different people. And I think that's what I think about with my grandfather. It wasn't just the moments that we had together on the golf course that were private and, and emotional and, um, you know, moments for us to really bond, but I could see the friends that he had around the game as well. And I got to become friends with his friends and I'm friends with my dad's friends now all because of this game. Yeah. I went back to Philadelphia a couple weeks ago to play my dad's member guest with him, and I got to play with his buddies that I play with every time I go back to Philadelphia. And like that is our relationship. That's our bond. And, and this game has an unbelievable way of bonding people who might be different ages, might come from different places. But you're all there for the same reason, and that's what makes golf so beautiful. It's it's crazy because I mean, this is we're wrapping up the second we we our last show is going to be October 31st. Um, but to to that point, I, I played in a WSGA two-man scramble this year with somebody I met through Homer. And Homer's a lot older than I am. I mean, Homer's in his mid-60s at this point. This friend also in the mid-60s that I made. And we teamed up and played in a WSGA event, yeah. you know? And, um, and, and, and now in our second season, we knew each other before we started the show. But our friendship is because we played a lot more golf together. So yeah. we get to spend those four hours together. Um, so our friendship, has, I, I think, has grown over the last two years. It's just that's, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers has said it and he stole it from the movie Moneyball and Billy Bean. But, I mean, how can you not get romantic about golf? Yeah. You know, when, when you're talking about the, the friendships and the bonds. And I think about all those um, different friendships that I have now because of this great game that we both love. So we're going to kind of continue that theme a little bit different this week. But first, we do have to make our picks. Our one call, that's all Gruber Loftus' picks because somehow the PGA Tour season has restarted and is going back on now. The CJ Cup is happening in Hungary uh, in South Carolina a lot of big names are playing in it. Who you got at the CJ Cup? I think this is going to be a big year for Victor Hovland. I think that we're going to finally see Victor break through with... He's had some wins, but they've come on lesser events. I think we're going to start to see Victor really shine through and become one of the rising young stars in this game. So I, I like Victor to go toe-to-toe with the big names in this field in South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to go Rory McIlroy just because I think if he wins, he becomes world number one. And I'm kind of rooting for that because we've kind of become a a Rory stand show at this point where we just love everything that Rory does. We are. Hashtag Team Rory. (laughs)
Rated one of the top five Palmer courses in the United States. That's right, we have one of those here in Wisconsin. It's the Bog. It's a challenging but playable golf course in a beautiful natural setting in Sockville, Wisconsin. They do so many great things for charity. That's where we have the ESPN Milwaukee Open each and every year. My favorite thing about going to the Bog is if I walk out of there with a good score, I know I played well. I didn't spray it because you can't out there in certain points. You have to hit quality golf shots in order to score well, but you're going to have fun while you play it. Check out their website, golfthebog.com. We review... A couple different courses. A little different spin on that segment. Coming up next on the team. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more on the tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Four, it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Annex Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of On the Tee. It's time to know the difference. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to put things in order. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Time to do a course review courtesy of Waste Management. Fescue. Hole placement. Dog legs. Hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. All right, we're going to do a little bit differently this week. We're going to have a couple different courses because we've been talking about getting into the game and having that passion and where that started. And for you, it started back in Philadelphia. For me, it started back in Horicon. What was the course you grew up on, and what did you absolutely love about it? Um, I, I was very fortunate to have grown up uh, playing a club in the Philadelphia area. It's called Huntington Valley, and um, my family belonged there um, for most of my childhood. And so those are my earliest memories out there, an awesome golf course. You ever come back to the Philly area, you'll have to play it. <laughs> a, lot right. of, a lot of undulation. It's in a valley. Um, you know, you don't have a lie that's even on the entire course. Super fun. Um, but honestly, my passion for the game of golf, Gabe, really blossomed here in Wisconsin when I was at the University of Wisconsin, and I maximized my student rate at University Ridge. <laughs> I think I'm like on the wall there at University Ridge for most rounds Record. played as a student. Because <laughs> let me tell you, $30 in the that's, summer. That's a hell of a deal, man. Walk and carry, twilight fee, man. I I did that. As often as I possibly could, and um, when I stayed two summers in Madison, and they they even honored it for my senior summer after I graduated because I had given them so much money <laughs> over a three oh, year. I will let you keep playing well, for cheap. Yeah, you're going to come out here every day and spend. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You just keep that rate going. Um, they might still to this day allow me to honor that because uh, I've, I've given them a lot of business. But University of Ridge is honestly where my love for the game turned into an obsession, and that's really where I am today with golf. Uh, so I grew up on, it was then Rock River Hills, it's now Horicon Hills. The city used to own and operate it, and then the group that owned West Bend uh, Lakes and Camelot ended up purchasing it, so now they have three golf courses, and they've done a fantastic job with the upkeep and, and getting it to a place where the city um, just didn't have it anymore, but it's a place where I grew up, and I would go out there all the time with buddies. Like I had a locker out there, I'd ride my bike out there, and as I mentioned before, my uncle would pay for my junior membership yeah. each and every year. Um, so it was fantastic. Par 70, um, but that's just because we had one par five on the front, one par five on the back. And it's it's not a, it's a course where you can overpower it in spots, but other times, because I believe on 13 of the 18 holes, the marsh comes into play, um, 
you know, you, you got to make sure you're in the right spot at different yeah. times, too. So it's a fantastic course that I have not taken nearly enough people to just because, again, it's it's a little bit of a drive away and there's not a lot to do in Horicon after you play the round of golf. Yeah. but Sounds I, like we need a home and home. Yeah, we, I think we need to do that. I, I But I absolutely adore that course and I love that course. It's the place where I made my first birdie. I'll never forget the hole, the par five, uh, seventh hole. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just a place that I absolutely loved and and still do. How often do you get back there to play it? Uh, I probably play it now two or three times a year. I was kind of disappointed I couldn't make the um, the annual outing that they have ever there to try to raise money for the athletic programs at Horicon High School um, because that was the day I had to go meet Ric Flair instead. So next year, I'll get back out there. I know that I mean, meant a lot to I you. I mean, you had to, had to meet the nature boy. <laughs> Couple of Dodge County guys just uh, you know cutting it up uh, that day out at uh, at, at the Dot Counts. There you go. Contest. Um, today is National Mulligan Day, so I figured I'd share this quick story before we go as well. It's National Mulligan Day, and um, you know who everybody needs a good Mulligan every now and then. So when I played growing up, I was always a lot of times if I played with my parents or if I played with my uncle, we would play nine. We would just play nine holes. Yeah, and you would always get one Mulligan per. I would get one Mulligan per nine holes as a kid. And one time I got to play down in Arkansas with my grandparents. And my grandpa, who got me into the game famously, never had a hole-in-one. In his entire life, never had a hole-in-one. It drove, his, drove him nuts that his wife, my grandmother, had a hole-in-one. I see where this is going. Um, where and it, she like apparently didn't hit a good shot. Like It hit off a side of the hill, funneled down the hill, rolled on the green, went in the hole. Right, But Naturally. she had one, and he did not. So I got to play with them, and we're coming up to the ninth hole. I hadn't used my mulligan yet. It's a par three. I had to hit a six-iron. First shot, I just completely topped. I like chased the ball down the hill before it got to the water to make sure it didn't go in the water. I don't know why I didn't want to lose the ball so badly. So then I, I decided to take my mulligan. And by that time, like the group behind us had just pulled up right before I hit my mulligan. And the group behind me have no idea I'm hitting a mulligan. It's the closest I've ever been to a hole in one. It was, I mean, it was two inches away. It was just a six iron that never left the stick. And I thought that my grandfather was going to have to watch me this little kid who just ran down and almost get a hole in one before him. So luckily he did not have to bear that. Yeah. It's a good um, bogey though. Oh, it's a fantastic bogey. <laughs> fantastic bogey. I can't <laughs> stress enough how good that bogey was, but um, so that was, that was the best mulligan I've ever taken in my life. And that was uh, when I got to play with my grandpa down in Arkansas. You play enough golf and competitive golf. What is your take on a breakfast ball? If we're talking mulligans here, do you allow breakfast balls with groups that you play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because a, a lot of the guys that I start pl- I play with now are older than me as well. Like, they're old. They need to get one. Like, I will just usually play one ball. I have one rule. If you warm up... Oh, you don't get one. No. You don't get one. No, you don't. And I typically get there early enough where okay. I warm up, which is why I usually don't take a breakfast ball. Yeah. I, I have kind of given up on the whole warming up thing. Um, well, but, it's it's different once you have a kid. <laughs> you yeah. know, the... the golf can no longer be an all-day endeavor. I don't even know what a driving range looks like anymore, but... Yeah, I, I uh, I'm not a fan of breakfast balls. If you if you've no, if you've spent warmed some time up, on no. the range, if you get a chance to go to the range and actually properly warm up, no, the the breakfast ball to me is purely just a, hey, I just got out of the car. I'm a little stiff. Yeah, let me let me, you know, if this first one goes a little offline, okay, I understand that. Yes, National Mulligan Day. Do people take mulligans like on a regular basis? I I don't know. I honestly do not know. It, not in the, not in the games that I play. Again, the the closest thing is breakfast ball. Um, Max, you take mulligans in there. 
No, absolutely not. Okay, but good. I will say I would judge you ball, if you did. The breakfast ball is legit. You're in on the breakfast ball. Yeah, and especially what you're saying if it's, you know, you haven't had a chance to warm up, you're right out of the car, which mm-hmm. is me every single time because I'm late to every tea time. So every, oh, ball, every first tea shot Max is, a is that ball. guy who's, who's showing up a few minutes late. Yeah. So thought I liked you, Max. I, I would like to eliminate Mulligan's in charity events. Yes. Oh, goodness. But it's, all, it's like, a, it, it, I understand why it happens, and I usually end up buying mulligans because it's money for the cause. Yeah, go out there. Give me another game to play on the course. Yeah. No but more just, mulligans. I'll donate to the cause. Yeah. But just, I'm not I'm not paying for mulligans. Yeah. I, it's, it's an easy way to do it. So I, I got to come up with a better idea so we start getting rid of the mulligans because that's why a lot of times these things take a lot longer than they should. And you end up having outrageous scores because you get good putters who get two or three looks at it because they've bought 17,000 mulligans. But I'll come up with a better idea for that next year. Uh, Thank you to Rich Talk for joining us today. We still have two more shows left. So join us once again next Monday right here at 6 o'clock on the tee.